In preparation for the priesthood and seminary, we studied many subjects, scripture, history, morality, canon law, sacraments, dogma. But one thing we didn't study was administration and leadership. So about 15 years ago, the Archdiocese offered a three-year leadership program for priests called Good Leaders, Good Shepherds. We learned how to go through an envisioning process, how to develop a pastoral plan, how to set goals for the parish. One thing I remembered is they said, as you set out to implement your pastoral plan, expect to encounter the challenging stage. Isn't it true with most projects in life? We can have excitement and eagerness to start, and then we encounter obstacles. We start to think, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. People aren't cooperating. This isn't going like I planned. We encounter the challenging stage. And what happens? We start feeling frustration, discouragement. And we may even start thinking, I think I'm going to quit. This isn't working. It's too hard. What do we need most during the challenging stage? Encouragement. Well, in the gospel today, Jesus is saying, guess what? We're going to encounter the challenging stage in our prayer life. Otherwise, he wouldn't tell us that at times we're going to grow weary. And what do we need most when we encounter challenges in our prayer? We need encouragement. And so today, Jesus is saying, persevere, have faith, remember We have a good father who wants to provide for us. Well, I want to look at five challenges most of us will face in our prayer life and then offer some encouragement of how we persevere through these challenges. The biggest challenge in our prayer life, number one, is the time pressure problem. Why don't we pray? We often hear the response, I'm too busy. Now, I've said before, busy stands for being under Satan's yoke. The devil wants us to be busy and distracted about many things so that we lose sight of the one thing necessary, our relationship with God. Okay, to persevere through this challenge or obstacle, we must reevaluate our priorities. We all make time for what we love most. If you're like me, you never miss a meal. Well, I make time to eat. Prayer is food for the soul. Now, some further words of encouragement. In his book, The Biggest Lie in the History of Christianity, Matthew Kelly says, well, the biggest lie in the history of Christianity is that becoming a saint is impossible. If we don't think holiness is possible, we give up before we even start. Well, here's the good news. Holiness is possible. This year, we're celebrating the 60th year of the beginning of the Second Vatican Council, and one of the themes of Vatican II was the universal call to holiness. Holiness is possible, so we have to get started. Now, what's the second obstacle? Once we start praying, we face self-doubt. We question, am I doing this right? It doesn't seem like anything's happening. And we begin to doubt ourselves. I don't think that I'm very good at this. Okay, be patient with yourself. We all have to grapple with silence, don't we? Our tendency is to kind of judge our prayer. Well, here's encouragement for this stage. We can't get this wrong. (laughs) Imagine a child who simply wants to sit in the lap of of a parent Well, you wouldn't say to a child, you're not doing that right. Prayer is simply about being with the one that we love. We can't mess this up. 
prayer is not a task to be accomplished, but a relationship to be fostered. Just be natural. Be yourself. Talk to Jesus. And so don't give way to self-doubt. Okay, the third challenge of prayer, distraction. If you're experiencing distractions in your prayer, it means that you're a human being. Okay, God gave us active minds, and so we're all going to battle distractions. Again, be patient with yourself. You know, sometimes we have this expectation that when we go into prayer, we kind of step outside of our lives and that we're going to go into some ecstatic union with God. Well, it normally doesn't work that way. We pray in the midst of our lives. So if you're worried about something right now, if you're facing a problem, an exam, a sick family member, a relationship issue, well, that's going to be surfacing in your prayer. And make your distractions a prayer. Bring to God what's ever in your heart. Okay, here's another word of encouragement. A religious sister told me once, distractions allow us to choose God over and over during our prayer. What does she mean? Well, when I have a distraction and become aware of it and refocus on God, I turn back to God over and over in my prayer. It allows me then to choose God over and over in my prayer. Let me provide one last image. Imagine being outside on a sunny day. Now, are you always attentive to the sun overhead? No, but its rays are affecting you. You're getting tanned or burned. Well, in a similar way, when we go into prayer, we're not always attentive to the Son of God, to Jesus, but he's affecting us. See, if we focus only on our part in prayer, we're always going to be disappointed. But prayer is not just a human activity. God is affecting us. Prayer is a two-way street. So even if we're distracted, there is some benefit to our prayer. The fourth problem in prayer, aridity or dryness. Now, growing up, I loved to visit my grandma because she made butter cookies. But now here's the question. Do I love going to grandma's house for the cookies? Or do I love going to see grandma for herself, in and of herself? Well, why does God allow us to go through some dry times in our prayer? He's purifying us. Think of this. If we always experience consolations in prayer, then the question becomes, am I praying because I love the consolations God gives me, or am I praying because I love God in and of himself? The greatest growth happens through difficulty. So it's through those dry times that God is purifying our love stripping us even of spiritual consolation. It's a greater act to love God without receiving anything back. So God purifies us through those dry times. Finally, the last challenge in prayer that I want to mention, there could be many others like falling asleep, but the last challenge I want to mention is unanswered prayer. Just a quick thought on this. Parents, do you always give your children everything they want? No. What if your child asks for candy for breakfast? You would say, out of love, no, that's not good for you. And the child may respond with rebellion. I can't believe you. You're so mean. You don't give me what I want. Well, 
Think of our relationship with God in a similar way. Our Father knows what's best for us, but as children, we don't always understand this. Jesus is reminding us in the gospel, look, this corrupt official who doesn't care about justice or human suffering cannot resist continual pestering. How much more will our Father answer the cries of his children? So he's calling us to faith and trust that we have a Father who knows what's best for us. All of us are going to hit challenging stages in our prayer life. And Jesus is encouraging us, persevere. We have a Father in heaven who wants to be bothered.